This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 231 of Youpreneur FM. Thank you very much for being with me. Oh, it's going to be a good one today. Vernon Ross is in the house talking all about how you can master your message and just how important that is for not only yourself and your own brand, but also for your business, the customers that you want to bring on board and serve, and a whole lot more as well. I know you're going to enjoy the conversation with Vernon. Uh, before I do that, however, quick update on the Youpreneur Summit situation. We have blown through all of our early bird tickets. We've blown through a whole bunch of our now discounted tickets, and we're at a 96% sold out position for the event taking place in London this coming November. Uh, It's going to be an incredible weekend, November 11 and 12, in my hometown of London. We've got some incredible keynotes flying in from all around the world. We've got lots of homegrown talent. We've got some Youpreneur members sharing the stage with all these fantastic experts, and it's just going to be a rip-roaring weekend. If you want to be with us, if you want to attend and not only learn from all those great speakers, but mastermind with us all, hang out with us all, break a little bread, have a little fun, uh, and do a little dance and all that sort of stuff with us in November, you can head over to youpunasummit.com to grab your ticket. Uh, They will not be around for much longer, very clearly. So, youpreneursummit.com, November 2017. Make sure you're there with us. So on to my chat with Vernon. We've known each other quite some time now. He's got a brand new book out called Master Your Message. And I think this is something that a lot of Youpreneur FM listeners actually struggle with, is actually mastering who they are, what they want to be known for, what their rhetoric is going to be in regards to building their personal brands, but more importantly, who they want to actually serve as well. And so I asked Vernon to come on, talk about the concepts of the book. Uh, We also talk about his new fetish with bow ties right at the top of this conversation as well. Um, And just generally, actually, one of my favorite conversations for quite some time, just a really nice guy who tells lots of personal stories, brings up his kids on every opportunity he can. And uh, it's just a very successful guy doing great things for great reasons. I know you're going to enjoy this chat with Vernon. Here you go. Make sure you've got the notepad ready as well. Lots of little value bombs dropped here throughout the next 30 minutes or so. Enjoy. So Vernon, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, hey, man. What's going on? It's good to talk to you. Yes. Well, it's always good to talk. I mean, we don't get to do it as often as we probably would both like. But I mean, the moment we see each other at an event, it's a massive bear hug moment and uh, you know we spent definitely some bro love (laughs) (laughs) we spent enough time together to to realize that we don't need to talk every day to still feel the love man um so i okay so before we get in i cannot wait to talk about your new book master your message and i think that this is something that a lot of people struggle within the youpreneur listenership so i i think that um this is gonna be a great show i'm, I'm gonna pre i'm prefacing it right now this is gonna be a great show but before we get into that i want to talk about your bow ties 
<laughs> because yeah, yeah, the bow tie Thursday. Okay, so we've we've known each other for a while. I mean, I would say probably back to maybe five years or so, maybe a little longer, oh, yeah. but definitely that that long. We've hung out. We've you know we've eaten. We've drank. We've done all this fun stuff together. But the bow ties. Only really the last few years you've been getting yeah, yeah. getting going with the bow ties. I know I know there's a branding element to this, which obviously there you is. know I'm going to love. But you got to tell right? me you got to tell me the deal here. What is with the bow ties? You know, so sometimes you just have to go with something. Yes. And um, my at the time, let's see, thirteen year old uh, had just turned 13 was really in a doctor who the Matt Smith doctor who the bow tie doctor who. And I, you know, we love doctor who I always have. And, you know, we're watching doctor who and she's like, you should start wearing a bow tie. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to start wearing a bow tie. First off, I'm not six years old. And, um, right. I was done with that a long time ago. And she goes, no, oh, you should start wearing them. And they're classy. Doctor who wears a bow tie. I'm like, okay, Taylor, no, it's not happening. Well, so Doc, Doctor Who on. is British. I mean, so right, instantly right. classy well, yeah, for that exactly. reason alone. <laughs> exactly, which was one of the reasons I was resistant to it. But <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing it. But she kept at it. And I'm like, okay, finally, there was, an, well, there was a thing that I had to go to. I'm like, you know, I'm going to buy a bow tie. So I bought a bow tie because I needed to wear a green tie and I couldn't find one that I liked. And I saw a green bow tie that was really nice. Mm -hmm. So I got it. And then I spent about six hours trying to remember how to tie it. Um, 200 YouTube videos later. <laughs> yeah, right. And finally, I mean, you, did, I mean, surely did you, did you, there must have been something on Antonio Centino's Real Men Real Style channel, surely. I mean, I'm giving him, oh, yeah, I'm giving course. him a little mention right now because he's going to be coming on the show soon again. But, uh, yeah, his, he's, dude, he's blown up on YouTube. It's insane. Yeah, it's like no. a million subscribers. It's crazy. Anyway, no, it, it is insane. Back to your bow tie. So, go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, watched a bunch of videos, figured out how to tie it. We picked a day and she's like, well, Tuesdays. I'm like, how about Thursday? I don't want to do it. It's too early in the week. I wanted to be almost over and we can do it Thursday. <laughs> right. And so it was just bow tie Thursday. And I just start wearing a bow tie every Thursday. I'm like, I'll wear them until you tell me to stop. And uh, two and a half years in, uh, it's really been just bow tie Thursday every Thursday. And I met Chris Strub. He's a Snapchat, uh, social media influencer back in April. And he goes, dude, why aren't you doing something like really promoting your book with Bowtie Thursday? I'm like, oh, well, I never really thought about it, but it's kind of part of the brand. Right. And people are sending me stuff and people are asking me about bow ties and fashion. And I did think about starting a fashion brand around bow ties. So yeah, sure. Why not? And so I've really been pushing it over the past few months. I think it's great. I think, you know, I'm all about you know, differentiating and, and, you know, standing out and doing what you need to do. I mean, it was one of the reasons why I started using that very kind of deep, bright orange color for my kind of action color, my logo color and all the rest of it back in, what, 2012. Since then, yeah. a whole bunch of people are starting to use it. But I mean, I, you know, I it, for me, it was all about differentiating. Um, Self-included. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, being, you know, I, I always, you know, I, I, I quote Sally Hogshead on this all the time. Being better ain't enough anymore. Being different is better than being better. And so I think, you know, standing out in any way, shape or form that you can is a good thing. I mean, everybody knows me as, as the Brit 
you know, in the online business world. So I play to that now probably more, more than anything else. I'm a very, very proud Brit, but, you know, you'll see more and more Union Jacks popping up today than ever before. Um, of course. And I, and I think that that is, you know, that's me being who I am, honestly, deep down. We've always had a ton of Union Jack stuff all around the house, but now it just happens to be in my videos and all the rest of it. And so, you know, Bowtie Thursday, bring that on. I've got to ask, though, after two and a half years, how many bow ties do you have now? Uh, I think I've got about 30. Oh, is that all? I expected it I expected it to be more. I really uh, did. I expected You know it what? I kind of expected it too, but you know, <laughs> as, as I go through them, it's just like, oh, well, I haven't had that one on in a while. Right, right. And, you well, know, I mean, social, nothing lives long, so I can just keep cycling through them. That's, that's true. Well, I mean, let's not, you know, beat around the bush. If you're doing it just every Thursday, then you only need another 20-odd ties to have one, a different one every single week of the year. Exactly. So, you, yeah, you, you, you'll get there. You'll get there eventually. I'll have to say, now, here's the thing. If I send you a Union Jack one, will you wear it one day? Will you fly shall, the British flag for I shall. Okay. I shall wear it proudly. Okay. You're on. That's a deal. And I'll even do it on some British holiday. Okay. <laughs> I think I don't do we have I think we do have British holidays in some way, shape, or form. We probably do, you're right. Um all right. Enough of all this crap. <laughs> About bow ties. We could go on and on. Oh dear. Um let's let's talk about your message man let's let's talk about this new book that you've written um master your message the guide the guide to finding your voice in any situation so before we get into the kind of the nuts and bolts of the book and and the message behind master your message why this book why now what was the catalyst for you to write it what was the one thing that said "Ah, i'm gonna have to put this into a book uh, you know, I just I wanted to get a book out. I've been trying to write a book for oh wow years, and I've got all these journals, probably four, five, six, seven journals that I've started writing stuff in because I mm-hmm. thought, well, you know, I'm going to handwrite it, and it, it you know it just never really came to pass. And it's like okay, so on a plane, decided to start writing. And I just start going, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is inspired. I'm flying i must be close to god and getting inspired and i read it later and it was crap (laughs) (laughs) Uh, don't you hate it when that happens (laughs) oh yeah and i mean it was like crap to the point of where tears snot and uh like two hours crying yeah it was bad because all of the childhood stuff that i you know heard kind of came back about oh you're not good enough for this you're not you can't do that you can't do that not from parents but you know from you know, bad teachers and stuff like sure, that. And sure. Finally got a hold of myself and interviewed a guest and she was a book coach and she was actually a, a publisher told me, Hey, you know, you really should start back with your writing. It's telling her some of my challenges. And next thing I know, uh, I, I set a date. I'm like, I'm going to get this book done. I'm going to start January 1st of 2016 and I'm going to be done in 90 days. And I got done in December of 2016. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there you go. It took an entire year. So that's that's why this book and the whole thing about Mastering Your Message is as I start going back through that fit that I threw about my childhood, I realized that I'd actually found my voice back when I was 15 years old. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize that I did that then. And then I started looking back through stuff and found an old letter and 
there was an event. There was like this one thing. I think there's a catalyst in anybody's life where you can go back and look to and say, you know what? That's who I really am. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I want to do. I was at a retreat. Um, I, my priest had me and one other black kid at a retreat and there was like 13 other white kids. And I'd been around, you know, white people all my life. It's no big deal. But I'd never spent the night with other kids my age, peers mm -hmm. at that time. So I was like nervous, just quiet, sitting by myself, speaking when I was spoken to or hardly speaking when I was spoken to. Mm -hmm. But at mm -hmm. the last night, there was this thing and I got volunteered to be the show host. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> and so as I'm walking up, uh, I, I, we had just watched a bootleg of Risky Business, uh, me and a buddy of mine. <laughs> oh, yes, the good right? old-fashioned bootleg VHS tapes. That's right, best. VHS, yes. baby. Oh, dear. And we watched, oh, we watched it several times, train scene, I'm just saying. And mm -hmm. um, there was a part in there where the guy was, he said, Joel, you know, sometimes you got to say what the F. And I'm like, you know what? This is one of those moments. Right. Literally one of those 80s montage moments. I got up there, turned around, took a deep breath, and just went insane. It started talking like some talk show host and grabbing people and bringing them up. And everybody was just shocked. And it kind of stopped for a minute. And it got quiet. And I looked around. And I just kept going. And as I kept going and I just owned it, I realized that people want you to succeed when you're trying to share who you are. They're just nervous. And if you stop, they'll stop. And then sometimes the laughter comes. And if you push through it, they'll join you. Hmm. And I just, I realized it then. And then it took me another 30 years to actually figure it out. <laughs> right. Well, well, I mean, you figured it out, but it took you another 30 years to figure it out where you could put it in the words to share it with yeah, other people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. What a great story, man. And I, I, I've, you know, we've had a whole bunch of authors on this show over the years. And I just, I always ask that one question, why this book? Why now? What was the one thing that made it happen uh, because yeah. everyone's got that kind of story and we should you know not only should we want to hear those stories but we should also just just lap them up as well because it's it's kind of it's almost motivation for ourselves to be able to either come up with our next book or possibly come up with our first book as well and understand that everyone's got a book in them clearly right um it's just right. about whether or not you end up writing it or not at the end of the day um Okay, so so let's get into things then a little bit with this. I, you know, my my whole thing is that I believe that there are two things that you should do before you start any kind of business. There are two things that you should do before you start creating any kind of content in any kind of medium, and that is number one, you should define who you are what you want to be known for right and then number two you should define your perfect customer the people that you want to serve and ultimately you you end up creating whatever solutions to whatever problems they have so that you can go ahead and put a price tag on it that's my two yeah. big things now mastering your message is clearly very solidly plugged into both of those two things so Let's let's talk about the, you know the inside of this book. I mean, like let's start right at the beginning. Breaking the mold. Talk to us about that a little bit. You know, it's it's one of those things where people will put you in whatever you allow them to put you in. 
um, whatever kind of box you you allow people to put you in, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, business colleagues, it doesn't matter. Um, even online as, as a blogger or as a podcaster, people say, oh, well, you're this podcaster or you're that type of podcaster or, you know, you're, you're this type of writer or you're this type of person and you cannot be afraid to step outside of that. And ultimately, you know, don't do what people expect you to do. And I think that's how you break out of the whole mediocrity of being just, Oh, well, you're just another podcaster, or you're just another blogger. You're not somebody that I need to listen to because your message isn't unique. And I think that's that's part of where I was going with that. And mm-hmm. also, you know, the uh, the whole fake it till you make it crowd. I'm not really with that. I'm fine with emulating. Right. You can emulate, but don't you know? Don't just imitate. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there's, right. There's a difference. Well, you say and, that, you know, an original always is always worth more than a copy, right? So exactly. I believe that exactly. 100%. Yeah, so that's really what breaking the mold is. It's just stepping outside of normal convention and what people think you are. Now, how you talk about seizing the opportunity um, to be kind of the person that you see yourself inside like what you're all about how important yeah. now i'm all i'm all about being me all the time anybody that knows me that i'll be the same on stage as i am hanging out in a coffee shop right so how important is it and please back me up here <laughs> as you answer this question dude how damn important is it for us to be ourselves with the, with with this i mean and not just about mastering the message side of things but i'm like in business and life i mean you do it clearly I do it clearly. Why do you think people struggle with being themselves? Is it failure of rejection or something equally as silly? Or, or have you got your own sort of philosophy on it? You know, I I agree with you 100% actually. And I was thinking about telling you that I didn't agree with you at all just to mess with you. But um, <clears throat> no, man, it's... <laughs> which I would have which I would have appreciated <laughs> so much. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things I always hear. You know, I wish I could be more like that. I wish things wouldn't bother me like they didn't bother you. Um, mm. And I, I'm like, I wonder why people feel like they can't be a certain way or they can't say a certain thing. Because, you know, I would go into describing how I took advantage of an opportunity or I saw an opportunity. So I tried to take advantage of it. And I did it kind of in a weird round and out of the box way. And I would get the the kind of, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, Why? How do you see yourself? If you see yourself as doing it, then you can do it. It's how every great thing has happened. The person doing it had to see themselves doing it first. It's the whole visualization, you know, 1980s, like, you know, montage moment. Everybody's got that thing inside their head where they're like, I'm like that. Right. So just be like that a little bit. And every time you meet somebody new, it's an opportunity to be that and it a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And the next thing you know, you've become that person that you really, really want to be. I could not agree more. And I, I one of the things I say to a lot of my clients and, and coaching students is that if, if you're worried about, you know, the way you look or the way you speak or the, or the, or the way you sort of try and get your point across, whatever, is to get in front of a video camera and record like 10 different videos talking about 10 things that you're comfortable talking about it can be personal stories it can be business advice it can be whatever it doesn't matter and then totally delete those 10 videos 
and start over again because watching yourself on camera just being in front of the camera will help you come out of of whatever shell you're hiding within um and i mean myself included believe it or not, I'm, a, I'm a very extroverted person and i had issues being on camera and being on stage when i first started you know online seven eight years ago but now i i don't even i pay it no minds so i don't think twice about it as as i know you don't either but i think yeah. where does fear come into this i think because i think this is the big one for me is is fear um i think people fear rejection they fear failure they fear letting people down they fear maybe letting themselves down a little bit where does that come into our message regardless of what industry or niche we're in but where does that come into it well you know i think you know when, when you start talking about fear of course it's it's to protect you uh, you you when you become afraid of you know you got that moment where you gotta speak up in a meeting because it's not all entrepreneur all the time. You know, maybe you just work for a living and you've got to say something in a meeting. You were, you just don't want to do it or you're in school and you've got to read. I don't know if they still do that in school, but I always hated when I was called on to read at least for a little bit until I really, really embraced it. And when I embraced it, then I just got weird with it and would do voices and everything else. If we had to read something in an English class, I think that that fear comes from the being judged Mm-hmm. And, you know, people worrying about, well, what are people going to think of me if I say something stupid or I'm going to say something stupid? <laughs> and the stuff that you tell yourself is what you do. It Ultimately, you fulfill whatever energy you put out there, not to get too woo-woo, but if you're worried about messing up, you're going to mess up. I, but, yeah, right, know? exactly. And I feel like that – but but acknowledging the fear itself, like taking that on board and say, right, I'm scared of this – but then going ahead and pushing yourself over that can be incredibly rewarding as well, not just to to conquer that fear or get rid of it, but also to sort of almost catapult you up to the next level. Don't don't you agree? Yeah, fear is it, it helps you to get hyper focused. Mm. And and if you've ever, there's a horrible movie, I forget what it's called. Uh, it was with Angelina Jolie and some other guy, and they used they had these some kind of weird powers or something. But every time this it, it guy does sound horrible, panic, right? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> but the premise behind it, he would have these panic attacks, and they told him like, "These are not panic attacks that you're having. This is this extrasensory stuff that you've got going on that really helps you to be better and stronger than everybody else around you." And if you look at fear sometimes in that way, that you know what, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's why I'm afraid because I'm pushing myself past mm. the the boundary that I'm that I'm worried about. I'm I'm blogging every day and I'm doing these YouTube videos every day and I'm only getting three views, but I got to keep doing it because eventually I'm going to hit that person that shares it and then it gets shared and it gets shared. And you can't worry about that immediate feedback. And I think that's what people they worry about that immediate feedback. Oh, well, I've been doing this for 2 years and nothing. So what? Keep doing it. Mm. If it's good, It'll it'll hit if it's not, you know, learn how to do something else. Maybe you need to look at maybe you haven't identified who you're focusing on. Maybe you haven't identified why your message and why right now. Agreed. hundred percent. So just recently, and we were talking about this a little bit before we hit the record button. So I'll recap very quickly for everybody listening in. Now, I was talking to you about one of our Youpreneur community members who has been blogging very consistently for almost a year. And she's feeling a little deflated right now because 
she doesn't see the traction and the growth on readership numbers, sharing, email subscribers, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, and I mean, she answered. <laughs> she, 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 you know, she, she answered the, you know, or rather gave me the answer to her question of how do I get over this hump and start seeing the traction I want, where she finished up saying, I literally don't know who I'm writing for. And boom, that's it. That's the reason yeah. why she's not getting the traction. How can we get over something like that i mean like let's say we've been putting some time into something for a while and it's not hit we maybe feel that, that it is something behind our messaging what's what's a few things that we can do to potentially kind of hit the pause button and go back a few steps and see what's not working well you know the easiest way to identify that is to figure out why you started doing it in the first place was it a shiny object that you were chasing was it some kind of thing that you thought would make you money that you could possibly be good at or that would get you exposure that you thought you could be good at, but it really wasn't what you were passionate about? I think that's that's where, where a lot of people make that mistake is they're writing about something or doing something just because they think that they can leverage it for something else. Whereas you got to do it because it's what you actually love. So like when I in the very first part of the book, I talk about how podcasting is like life to me. And I tell people, hold your breath. And just keep holding it until you cannot hold it anymore. And that very first breath that you take in, and sometimes I give the example of drowning. If you're almost drowning and you come up for air and you feel relieved, that's how it feels when I get behind the mic and start podcasting. So I got a podcast. I got to do this. I got to talk to people. I got to do however I can, whether it's on stage, whether it's a podcast, whatever. So a lot of the times when people are stuck, they're stuck because they haven't identified the thing that's most important to them. Mm-hmm. So write for yourself because there are other people just like you and write about the things that you're interested in. Because if you see it not taking traction or whatever it is that you're doing, you're, you're probably not that interested in it. And so you can't convince anybody else to get on board either because you're not sold. Right. And I mean, at that point, We've we've got to hit that pause button, go back and figure out yeah. what what you know why it's not working or why we right. don't love it no more, whatever the case may be. Um, I mean, I've worked with many people that have pivoted, and you know, pivot is a word that gets thrown around a lot nowadays in the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. circles. But I mean, I I I've worked with a lot of people that have got to a certain point in their career. And they've said to themselves, hang on, I, I'm not digging this anymore. I'm just not feeling it anymore. Yeah. What could, you know, I don't want to lose the business. I've, I'm making good money. I'm working hard. I've worked hard up to this point to build the brand, to build the business, to build the client list. But I'm not, you know, I'm not into this. How can I pivot? And I mean, hitting that pause button right there, stopping any yeah. product development work, stopping any promos or sales, just chasing the Yankee dollar, that kind of thing. Like, Let's you know. Let's not be silly here. When when the time comes where you're not feeling it no more and you've got to pivot, you've got to figure out what you're going to do to go ahead and pivot. And pivoting for yeah. me is an exciting part of being an entrepreneur. I love it. I love rolling in one way or another based on either customer feedback or how I'm feeling. I mean, how do you personally figure this out? Like, how how have you pivoted? I'm curious. I'm sure that you've kind of adopted and and tweaked your own message over the years, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I start getting bored, when I get bored with it a little bit and it becomes too routine, um, I try to, you know, do do something unexpected and unpredictable with whatever it is I'm doing and see how I like it. And if I like it 
and other people start gravitating towards it, then that's the way that I pivot. I'll test it out, you know, least viable product kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, something a little different with the podcast, changing up the style of the podcast. Actually, when I first started podcasting uh, for for my podcast, it was just going to be about social media strategy, like, um, you know, Michael Stelzner style, where I'm just talking about a tactic and a thing and maybe interviewing an expert about, hey, how to use this thing this week. And I'm like, that is not really and I really want to know the story behind why these people are successful because I want to do what they're doing. So that's the thing that I need to be focusing on. That's the story I need to be telling. And my interview style started to shift for more origin story, more of why did you do that? What prevented you from doing this to begin with? How did you figure out what you wanted to do? And digging in deeper and doing a lot of research on my guests so that I know their backgrounds and know what's important to Mm -hmm. them and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's how I pivot. I pivot by doing something unexpected and, you know, sometimes just putting it down and walking away from it to take a a bigger look at, you know, is this really what I'm interested in? Is this really what I want to do? And sometimes the answer is no. I I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think that, um, a lot of what you've just mentioned just there, a lot of it comes down to mindset shifts as well, right? It's not just sort yes. of coming up with ideas or how you're going to pivot this or, or or go in this direction or that direction. A lot of that is mindset. And I think, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about self-awareness and things like that in terms of, you know, how important it is to become successful as an entrepreneur. But, I mean, you know, mindset, self-awareness is surely it's key for anyone doing anything. It's key for a student. It's key for, you know, somebody starting the first business at the age of 60 after retiring and getting bored. I mean, mindset for you, I know that you talk about that in the book quite a bit, actually. Um, and you've got like a, a bit of an exercise where um, if you ever sort of notice your own mindset drifting off in one direction or another, it kind of brings you back up to it. Um, I'd love for you to run through that exercise so that our listeners can sit there with a piece of paper and start thinking about things themselves. Could you do that for us? Yeah. So what I do is I, I grab a piece of paper. Usually it's a journal. Um, sometimes my journals are just legal pads <laughs> with stuff. Hey, if it works. <laughs> it, it works. I've got those in these, you know, those uh, graph paper pads because I can draw all over them and stuff like that. But, you know, start for two minutes and I start writing down all of the stuff that I'm struggling with. And then I write what I'm thankful for. You know, what's good, what's bad. And then I focus on the good stuff. Because usually when the, what those mindset challenges are, they're either self-imposed, self-imposed or they're real. I'm like, so, you know, is this thing real right now that I'm worried about? Or is this something that I'm really imposing on myself? Mm. So, you know, am I having a challenge with the fact that I'm not getting traffic on my site? Is that self-imposed or is it real? Well, hell, I'm not getting traffic. Okay, what am I doing? And then, I, you know, I start writing all this stuff down. And it, th- that came about. Because I was struggling with mindset about being a failure and not being smart enough to actually get this whole book thing out. And there was this cat that <laughs> told my mother that I was not going to amount to anything. Hmm. If I kept down the path I was on, this private school. He's like, oh, he's not going to amount to anything. He's going to be either be in debt or in jail. And she told me exactly what he said. And she goes, uh, now, what are you going to do? Are you going to prove him right? Or are you going to prove him wrong? And I'm like, I'm going to prove him wrong. And she's like, well, I would expect it that you would. So you need to make sure that you start, you know, 
quit tripping. Stop messing up in school. Because it, it was that, you know, it was around that kind of thing. But I didn't realize how much that had influenced the things that I was doing and how I felt about what I had done until I actually took an inventory of, you know, what are these good things? I'm like, I've got a great family. Uh, you know, I got a loving, caring wife. I've got two kids that, you know, despite all the challenges and stuff that kids have, I've got great kids. I've got two girls and they're both really good kids. And, you know, I'm like, I got good friends and I've got this other stuff and I've got a great job and I achieved the stuff that I wanted to do in my actual career. I've got nothing to worry about. And then I started writing down the stuff that I was thinking about and all the, all the other stuff was, it was really self-imposed because I let someone else's opinion of me right. sort of define me. And so that's, that's what you do. You two columns, all the good stuff, take an inventory, all the stuff and see whether or not is this real or is it self-imposed? If it's self-imposed, dump it. If it's real, address it. Because if it's real, usually it's something easy that you can address. Like if I'm not getting enough traffic, hey, run some Facebook ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, right, there are ways to cure that, right? Right. That's nothing against you personally. But, you know, you can allow that. Well, my my writing must suck or or my product is crap or, you know, I'm not getting enough sales. So it's like, well, who are you telling about it? Hmm. I had this one person say to me, well, you know, nobody's really buying anything, you know, from me. And I've got this coach and I was like, well, how do they buy it? Well, what do you mean? Is there a buy button on your website? Uh, no. Hmm. Maybe that's why they're not buying anything. There you go. Right. Self-imposed. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, you know, within the Upreneur community, we talk about, some, you know, sometimes every now and then we, we need to run a promo. We need a little extra money to come in. We need... Um, you know, a, a boost in revenue or whatever. And uh, we do this about maybe once every three months or so where we give everybody the challenge to be able to bring in $1,000 in a day. And mm. boy, oh boy, some of the ways people have, have done that has been incredibly, uh, incredibly satisfying to see. What One guy, I remember, added... Um, I mean, this is how easy it is as well, and people don't see it, and it drives me nuts, Vernon. I mean, it, all he did was send out his usual weekly email that he sends to his subscribers, but this week he put a PS at the bottom of the email and said, I have a little bit of coaching time that's just become available, two hours, two spots, it's 500 bucks an hour. Click here. The first two orders that come in, we'll spend an hour and we'll talk about your branding and your positioning and we'll get you set up. He sold them in a matter of like 10 minutes. Literally. <laughs> he made $1,000 in like 10 minutes because he put it out there. Because exactly. he said, this is available. Take it. It's here. And if you don't do that, you can't expect to get anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You just so can't. if you don't if you don't speak up, nobody's gonna know what it is that you have to say. Let me ask you this though to wrap up. I mean, it's all very well us kind of figuring out what our message is, figuring out the people that we want to get that message in front of. But how important is it to, I think, almost kind of continually remind yourself or accept that message, accept your voice on a regular basis going forward. I mean, surely that's kind of self, uh, self awareness on steroids, right? It's consistently kind of accepting where you are and where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the easiest ways, um, 
that I've explained this is actually to my daughter. She's looking for a job, just graduated college. And, you know, I, f- I like, forget how old you are. That's great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're, we're, I, no, I mean, we're, we're both pretty much the same age group, I think. Just from this conversation, I figured out just how old you really are. You're an old, old person. <laughs> I, I am an old person. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, brother. Welcome to the club. Uh, oh, I'm already sleepy. <laughs> I know. Well, I hear. But you know what? I mean, and I, I don't think I've actually talked about this on the show before, but it's not as if it's not public knowledge, but we're expecting again. So here I am right, ready, right. ready and waiting to kick this off all over again, you know? I feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to answering the darn question. Go. <laughs> so, you know, she's like, well, you know, I'm not really getting through to people when I'm talking to them on the phone. I'm like, well, how are you sounding? How are you feeling? Because the way you're feeling when you're making that phone call, it's going to come out through your voice. Mm. So if you're not excited, uh, guess what's going to happen? It's going to come across on the phone. And just by the sheer fact of being excited about the fact that you're on the phone with somebody and and you're smiling and you're full of energy, sometimes that bleeds over to that person and you can help them to cooperate with you. You know, one of the things, one of the things I said, I actually said this at a conference. I'm like, you have to own your awkward. This is one girl. She's like, I feel so awkward when I talk in front of people. And she was actually speaking in front of an entire room of people. And she asked her question really well. And I'm like, well, there are 250 people in this room and you just asked a really good question and you did it just fine. Mm. And she's like, oh, I'm like, because you weren't afraid because you were asking a question, you are, you owned your awkward. So you've got to own it. Just, okay, I might be a little bit awkward, but I'm going to do this thing. And so I tell people, look, the way you feel inside, what you say every day to yourself about yourself, that's what's going to come out. And so start telling yourself more positive stuff. Smile when you're on the phone. You know, I mean, it it sounds a little silly. <laughs> no, not, but, not at all. I mean, my I remember my sales mentor used to telling me that smile while you dial back in the day. Yeah. Because people can yeah. hear it. They can hear it at the other end. Yeah, and people they pe- people like talking to people that are happy. And I'm like, <laughs> right. call people call people by name. Tell introduce yourself. And so I, you know, I told her I was like, when you call, it's like, hey, this is Christina Ross. How are you? And they're gonna they'll uh, um uh well hi, hi Christina. Hey, I was calling today because and then go into your thing. Do your research, maybe know the person of the name, you know, the person you're trying to call and talk to. I talk, talk to people looking, you know, looking for jobs all the time. And I'm like, well, do you know who it is that you're calling for? Well, no, I'm just, you know, well, find that out first. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn's there. It's, it's available. And then call with some enthusiasm and then introduce yourself to the person that, that's on the phone. And if you don't get their name, get their name and ask how they're doing. It, it will take you a whole lot further. Hopefully that answered the question, I think, in a weird kind of roundabout way. No, it does. And I, I, I like the fact that you keep bringing it back to helping your kids out. I think that's a great quality. And, I mean, you know, there's there's really no point in us as parents, particularly as fathers, going through what we go through in our lives if we can't impart some of our mistakes and the lessons learned and you know that sort of type of thing if we if we can't if we can't force that down our children's throats there's a problem there you know what i mean yeah. I, I i like the idea of of you bringing it back to your girls i think i think that's cool um 
dude, it was a pleasure to have you on the show, man. What a great conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sure people tuning in loved it as well. Yeah, it was fun. You brought up the kids, and I'm like, oh, man, don't do it. I, 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 I got to hold it together. I got to hold it together. Because you, that's the other reason that I wrote the book. Right. Is Yeah, I mean, er, everything you do. And and sometimes people, I, I think they don't get this online. I'm sorry. I know you're about to wrap up. But no, I, you're I good. Go, 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 go. I think when you do stuff online, you have to realize that that's, that stuff is going to stay there. A book, these are the words that you leave behind. Yes. This is what you, this is your legacy. Yes. It's important. So make sure that you put yourself into what you do. And that's, that's the, the key to how you master your message. Put yourself into it and think about the legacy that you're leaving behind. Because that was why this was important to me to make sure that I expressed who I was in this book. Because this will be there for my kids and their children and their children's children. And nobody can ever change that. Absolutely. So, yeah, you just kind of. May rem- reminded me of that when you said something about the kids. I'm like, oh, man. Couldn't agree more. <sighs> yeah, couldn't agree more. Vernon Ross preaching on the Youpreneur <laughs> FM. He's preaching is what he's doing. Um, dude, I, 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 I can't wait to see what you do next with this and, and with where you're going and everything. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. It was an honor. All right. For you guys um, tuning in, you, get, you know you want to pick up a copy of this book. I'm well aware of that fact. Master Your Message, the guide to finding your voice in any situation. Available right now, all good bookstores, up on Amazon, all that good stuff. Show notes, I'll link to it on Amazon. Everything else, show notes over at chrisducker.com forward slash episode 231. I'll be back here again next week. I'm going to do a solo show next week. And actually, it's funny that we've talked about mastering your message and pivoting a little bit today because that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about next week. Um, And uh, I hope you tune in for that. I respect you for being here today, and you know I appreciate your attention. Until next week, take good care. I'll see you then. It's the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business. As well as rub shoulders. Gain support. Have access to immediate feedback. As well as nonstop accountability from your peers. Is something that excites you. Then visit youpreneur.com for more information. And to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of. Today. Today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.